You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Page to Stage. A conversation with theater makers. We're your hosts. That's Brian. And that's Mary. This episode is part of our series on Six the Musical. In this series, we uncover the process behind the musical through our central question. What role does history play in the storytelling of Six, a show that uses the history mix as a device? We hope you enjoy this episode. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, my name is Christy Norder. Um, I am the music coordinator for Six. Uh, I'm also a woodwind player, uh, musician on Tina Turner, the musical and the saxophone player, um, and really excited to be here and talk to you guys about Six and some other stuff. Welcome. Um, I know we hinted at it before we hit record, but I'm very, I'm always very excited when we 
discuss a new role in the industry on the podcast. And we have not yet had a music coordinator on. So I know we've had a few other roles from the music department, but never coordinator. So I know we have a ton of questions for you about that. Before researching this this role before we were talking with you or this job, I didn't really understand what the what the role was and what the responsibilities were um, until I was looking on Maestro's website. Um, and so I'm wondering if you could give us like the basic functions or maybe just like the basic day to day of what you do as a music coordinator. And and don't worry, obviously there's like we'll go way more in depth as we continue talking, but just I guess to lay the foundation, if you will. Sure, it's a it's a. F- very interesting job, and, and it varies uh, throughout the production. Uh, at the beginning, what they call the pre-production, you're hired by the production company, so you're hired by the producers. You work for the producers, but you are the liaison between the American Federation of Music, our, our union, and our local union, which is 802, with the producers. So I advise them on the contract and the rules, and sometimes it's stuff that's tedious, like, uh, you know, there are rules about how often you can have rehearsal, the minimum call for rehearsal, uh, the kind of warnings that, not warnings, but if you change the schedule, like, it has to be within a certain period of time. Um, So I'm there to protect the rules, to protect the musicians, and also to protect the producers from inadvertently doing something, you know, I also set up payroll, um, and again, that can be very tricky at the beginning of the show when you're adding rehearsals here and there, filming B-roll, doing all kinds of stuff. And then once the show is pretty much up and running, I'm running payroll and dealing with any small problems, personnel problems, or like the exciting stuff, like let's say six, we're going to be on a TV show coming up, like that might be part of my job too. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. But I would do uh, the union paperwork and I would liaison with whatever TV show that was and with the union contracts in regards to television, videotape, um, and properly have the band paid and get what they need. And one thing that I will say, you know, at being a union member for like 25 years, is that now that I'm dealing more with contracts, um, I think a lot of people think the union is so that, uh, you know, people get paid and and that the working conditions are good. But I feel, um, especially in musician union, it's about protection of the actual work, protection of the job. Meaning, if you hire me to play on one song and you pay me, you're like, this song is going to be on a podcast. And I'm like, okay, and you pay me the appropriate rate. If it's not on a union contract you could take that song and all of a sudden it's in a Marvel movie and you only paid me a hundred dollars for it. And it's in a blockbuster movie and I have no protection whatsoever. So the union is kind of the, it, you know, it, it can be tedious, but all of the paperwork goes in to make sure that musicians are paid fairly for the original use of their work. And if it gets reused in different ways, Um, you know, like for example, the commercial that is, currently running we're using stuff from the show but it's a new use of stuff from the show so the musicians will get paid for that oh that's so interesting a lot of what you're saying reminds me of maybe what a stage manager does to protect the actors in a way yep and deals with that liaison between the uh, the um company and union uh and the rules so how did you get involved with six 
<laughs> um, it was kind of interesting. So I'm, I've always been, you know, I've been a musician on Broadway for like 20 years. And as the industry was starting to change a little bit, you know, the, it's a very small group of people that uh, are music coordinators on Broadway. And it was pretty much mostly men and white men. And so as we were talking more about diversity um, and I had a discussion with Georgia Stitt, who's the founder of Maestro Music. Um, I just said in a conversation, I was like, I, you know, I, I wish that I could contract. Like, this is something that I think speaks to my skill sets. I come from a family of accountants. So I already have an affinity for spreadsheets and designing Excel sheets. And, you know, I'm a math nerd. I love contracts. I love details. I love numbers in addition to loving music and being a part of that. And so I said to Georgia, plus I've been in the pits. I know these musicians. I know what it's like to be there. And I, I just want a chance at this job, but I don't think that's something that's available to me or, or most other people. It's such a close-knit thing. And she was like, well, then just be a contractor. And I was like, "What? Do you, <laughs> you can't just be a contractor. Like, poof, I'm a movie star. Like, you don't just call it. It's not like calling your shot. And she was like, well, we'll work on it. So, you know, she made a couple inquiries and I did a few off-Broadway shows. And then out of the blue, I got this email and it was basically the production company for, for Six. And they were like, we're looking for a music coordinator. Um, and obviously with the nature of Six, it looked good to have a, a female music coordinator. And that was important to them, you know. Um, and so they had reached out to Georgia Stitt because they wanted her to do it because Toby and Lucy knew Georgia. And she's like, I don't want to be a contractor. This is who you want. And so literally Georgia just handed me the show, which was very sweet. And I'm so appreciative and, and she's amazing. And I can't speak enough about how awesome Maestro Music is that I'm, you know, I'm really fortunate to be a part of it. And they, they let me teach some classes and, and I, I enjoy it. So, and it's directly led to me getting, you know, noticed in the industry and being able to, you know, grow and skill and learn. Yeah. I mean, especially like nowadays, I mean, I feel like obviously everything's online, but even now like connections can be made online and, and jobs can be booked online. Yeah. Do you recommend for anyone who might be interested or, you know, either in any part of the music department that could be a part of a show do you recommend that like Maestro might be a good way for networking? Are there other ways that you think might, obviously everyone's path is totally different. So it's hard to point like exactly what is recommended, but from yeah. your experience, do you just think like networking is the best way to, to get your foot in the door? It is. And I, I think that as the more that people hear your name the, in any industry, the better off you are. I also think it might be a slightly generational thing because I feel like people in their twenties, currently like you guys grew up with social media you grew up with you know the online profile and so it tends to come a little easier and sometimes a little too easy that everything in life is put on social media uh and i'm a little older a couple of years older than you guys and um you know so for me my mentors were all you know keep your keep your nose down do a good job don't don't toot your own horn and uh, and you'll you know progress in this industry. So there really is a fine line between like throwing your name out there and, and being earnest and like I'm trying to make connections versus you know 
kind of going crazy off the rails when people and, and you know being a little much with people so yes to answer your question in a roundabout way um meister's great group uh it's designed the directory itself came out of georgia stitt and mary mitchell campbell who's fabulous md and an awesome person human being um so she and georgia were working on a an off-broadway version of sweet charity that starred sutton foster and they wanted an all-female band and they because the band was going to be visible and that was lee silverman's vision like everything is you know so they were like you know mary mitchell was supervising and i think georgia was MDing, and they were like you know they called me there can you play saxophone i was like i'm starting bronx tale on broadway i can't and then it was like huh well that was the sax player we knew and then you know and then they realized that there might be one or two women that they knew for every chair but there's a pipeline issue somewhat and also a recognition issue. And so Georgia kind of made it, that's where Maestra and the directory came from was that that's the origin story that, and they were, you know, Georgia has said this a lot. I'm, I'm tired of hearing people say, well, I don't know anyone. Well, then you can go look here. Like if you want a female violin player, okay, then go look up violin in the directory, you know, and then they're, um, their sister or brother group, uh, sibling group is Muse, which is uh, Musicians United for Social Equity. Um, and that's a directory for people of color. And same thing, like if you're like, we need to not just have a band full of white people, you know, that's a really good starting place when you're hiring for musical theater to find people. And, and for Maestra and for Muse, it's not just the instruments. They will list like, I'm a copyist, I'm an arranger, I'm, you know, I'm an MD, I, I do this, I do that. So you really could fill a music team uh, with those kinds of jobs as well. It's not just like, I, I play trom trombone, you know, but it, it gives people more options. And especially, you know, it it's, it's an interesting time on Broadway because for me, there is much to be gained from paying your dues. But at the same time, many of us who have been paying dues over the years don't necessarily get the same shot that others have been given. So there's like that fine line of providing access to people, which is a really amazing thing. But I'm also a firm believer, provide access to the training and apprenticing and mentorship and let people earn their stripes, you know? So for me, it's about early intervention, um, access, and that's something that I'm really dedicated to. And I also think just to add on to that is like with the access and, and the and, uh, the apprentice, you know, ideas that people who go on and who are successful in their role should always, or I, I believe at least, should always think back and see like, who can I bring on to my team? Like, who can I help and extend the arm to? Because then it's like a cycle where everyone's helping each other within the community. And that's how you bring people up and bring people in, but then still maintain that uh, creative license, if you will. Um, so in your bio, Christy, you mentioned that you're the only female music co coordinator working on Broadway. Is that currently or just that was currently yep um okay. and so, so there has been other females before you were, right there are two other fabulous female coordinators um one is talitha fair 
F E H R. And she is, um, she mostly deals with tours. So basically she's the contractor for Troika and a bunch of other like tours and a show that she was contracting came in for a limited run. But the first person who has straight up, uh, music coordinator credits as a woman would be Kim Wirtz. And that show was a year with Frog and Toad. But the thing about Kim is that she's been doing this behind the scenes for years. You've seen her work constantly, specifically the Tony Awards. She contracts that. The Kennedy Center Honor, she contracts that. So she's, and she also works a lot with Red Press, who is a legendary music coordinator in our field. Um, and so to me, she's really, she's the first, she's the pioneer, uh, when we're, when we're talking about music theater, uh, for music coordinating, um, That's and amazing. she's fabulous. She's great. And just to clarify also, so does every production get a music coordinator or are there certain productions that may not call for one? There of course. Are, and, and then yeah. speci- even dialing in a little more specifically, I'm guessing most musicals slash all musicals and then maybe plays that have live um, live musicians. Yes. So the contract, the contract's kind of weird. You and it. Some of it has to do with that. This contract was written, you know, 75 years ago. I forget. I don't even know when the first Broadway con. That'll be something I'll look up later. The first Broadway CBA. There's language in it that talks about uh, the inside contractor, like which we call the in-house contractor, which is a person who is in the band and they're the ones that run the day-to-day. They make sure that the subs are there. They make sure the regulars are there on time. They keep track of subs and do the basic payroll and then kick it up to the music coordinator. The music coordinator job kind of, I think was out of necessity that somebody needed to keep track of all of these things. Um, but it's really funny because if you ask producers sometimes what a coordinator does, they're like, I don't know. I just know I need one. And <laughs> so this is, it's been kind of a funny situation, but yeah, I, there are a few shows that don't have an outside coordinator, but then it, it fall it has to fall on somebody, you know? And then with plays, like, I think that, you know, there was something recently where one, there was a pianist on stage, but it was a play. And that had a music coordinator. If the actor themselves were playing a la like bandstand, of course, they had a musical or right. something that where it's a play with music. Right. Do you also have a music coordinator? Uh, yeah, it's funny because I originated bandstand when it was a paper mill and I couldn't do it on Broadway because I was doing Bronx Tale. But um, I was in the pit, not on obviously not on the stage. Uh, but it, you get depending on the different rules, you get into, uh, you know, equity. They're, if they're playing on stage, they have to be members of eight of our union as well. And so they kind of get paid like a, a variation of both and, you know, extra rules. And so um, the, sorry, so the actor, if they're playing like piano, they have to be a member of your union. Yeah. Cause they're a musician on stage. That's fascinating. Yeah. Oh, I'm curious how you, how this role integrates with the other roles in the music department, like a, a music director, sure. um, arranger, th- those kind, a supervisor even. Yeah, especially because the producers hired you, yeah. not the yes. director or the creative team as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yes, but it, 
many times uh, the supervisor or the MD or sometimes the composer um, will request the coordinator that they're comfortable working with. Um, and so, you know, there might be a coordinator who always does so-and-so's shows, like some, you know, like what's, you know, I don't know, Sondheim, like I do all Sondheim shows, like wh whatever. And so some of that is, you know, but, but also there are some producers that are like, well, I prefer to work with this person. Um, so it's, it is who, you know, again, with the networking and, um, you know, six took a chance on me, which I'm very, very appreciative. And, and I also, I find it really like my very first chair on Broadway, that was my chair. It was my show was in the Heights. And that was a Kevin McCullum song or show as producer. And, and then for six to be my first Broadway credit as a music coordinator, like to me, and it's also a Kevin McCollum show. Like it felt right. It sort of felt like, it was somebody, you know, for me, like those kinds of experiences are really important and, and I'm a very nostalgic person and I'm a very like appreciative. And so it, it just seemed kind of poetic that it was Kevin on both shows, um, you know, and yeah. And he's, he's amazing at the business. Um, he's, he's just a very, obviously, I mean, he's, he's had a couple shows that did okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> And very, how, very apropos that he was our first guest for the series. Yeah. Oh, he's so much fun, too. He's a, he's a really great speaker. Yeah. <laughs> so I saw, I, I know also you said earlier when you were introducing yourself that you play sax for, for Tina over at Tina. Is it, so it is possible to be a contractor for one show, but not necessarily play for that oh. show? Yeah, as the music coordinator, you can. Uh, Red Press for years, he was a music coordinator, the in-house contractor, and the read one player on Chicago for years. So it's possible. Very busy. Um, yes. And was contracting, because I can contract as many shows as, as I'm offered or want to do. You're not limited to coordinating on one. Um, so... How does that work from a time management standpoint? <laughs> I'll let you know in a couple months. Right. Because I, I mean, Tina, <laughs> Tina was already open right. when you guys started previews. So yeah. do you, what does that look like when they went into tech and, and then once they went into performances themselves, six that I'm speaking. Yeah. Towards. Um, the best part of six is location is that there is a back cross between the hotel. So if you come out of Tina Turner stage door and turn right, the Edison hotel, I think has a walkthrough and then you turn left coming off. You basically cut through a hotel lobby and come out on the left. So it, I, I can get from one theater to the next in about three minutes, which was helpful during that time. Um, as I'm learning how to do things, I'm trying not to overbook myself because as a musician, I try to do as many gigs as possible and go running from gig to gig to gig. But this, I tried to be patient and not worry about taking off from Tina now and again. You know, it's not worth a little extra money to play the show. What's more important is that I focus and really learn how to do this job the right way. Um, but there are times because we, I don't, 
I play a lot during Tina Turner, but there are definitely some like 10 minute periods where we don't, where the horns don't do anything. And I've gotten really good at multitasking. Like I definitely had an emergency at an off Broadway show I was contracting while I was, you know, in one of those breaks and basically got like the bass chair covered while I was like in the pit for Tina, which was kind of fun. Um, but yeah, you have to learn how to keep a bunch of plates spinning and that it is really important. Um, time management is something that I, you know, it's, I, I don't, I know how I used to do it. And now that we've been gone for a year and a half, it's like I'm brushing off the cobwebs right now, but it's okay. Um, happy to do it. Happy to have the work. Um, yeah, it's, it is, it can be a lot. And, but again, it depends on how things line up. Um, so, you know, in the spring I have a couple of things and of course they lined up exactly at the same time. So that might be a very stressful period up through, you know, previews through opening. And then once opening is over, like, okay, I think everything's cool. I just got to make sure payroll is okay. And, you know, and, and deal with any pop-ups or. After the show has opened, you're just maintaining the payroll. You no longer have to go in yes. to the theater physically. It can all be done remotely. It can all be done remotely, but I also believe in being present. And, and yeah, and because it's not just, you know, I interact a lot with production stage manager, uh, like we, we liaison, the, the sound team, the you know, the, the sound guys, the crew props, you know, I deal with if there's an issue like a six, they're playing instruments that they had special instruments like painted or made for the show. You know, they're not playing their own instruments, which is unusual, but then that becomes property of the theater and that therefore it falls under um, local ones, the prop guys, because it's considered a prop. And so, you know, like even silly things like, Oh, here's a great example. So six utilizes uh, confetti at the end of the show. There's a big confetti drop and it's Broadway. So they're like, we want a big confetti drop. You know, we have keyboard on stage and we have a keyboard programmer who is also the person who's responsible for getting us our equipment and either purchasing it or renting it. And um, depending on the show. And he was like, uh, He's, he's a friend of mine. Uh, his name is Randy Cohen. And he, it's actually pretty, he programs everything. He's kind of an interesting person. You guys might want to talk to him at some point. Um, he was right off the bat was like, I don't like where this is headed with the keyboard. <laughs> and I was like, what do you, cause that's his job. You know, I'm like confetti. That sounds awesome. He's like, that sounds like a nightmare. Cause it's going to get down in the keys and it's going to break the keyboard. And so we're going to have to swap out the keyboards. And so like part of his headache was then figuring out a budget and how often do they have to take the keyboard into the shop? What will that cost? So because of confetti, which is the funniest thing to me, but these are the kinds of details that you could never in a million years predict or be like, what do you do for a living? I prevent confetti from messing up a keyboard. It's a, <laughs> yeah, but it's also you know. something that, like, if that role didn't exist, like who would have known to have like thought of that pre like to prevent it, you know, to yeah. or not to prevent it. Cause obviously you can't prevent it, but sure. to look out for it to hopefully make sure that there aren't any yeah. uh, continuing interruptions. That's it. That's <laughs> yeah. And I think the job also, it evolves on every show is different. 
And I think one of the best skills is to be uh, a problem solver. So, you know, if you walk in and, and the stage manager comes running up to you and is like, we have this huge issue because, and you're like, uh, like, I, I can't even think of a, of a good example right now, but you know, like, oh, we need the dressing room because we have a, you know, the, we have a dog in the show now or something. And you're like, okay. Uh, and so rather than be like, you know, so it's like, well, that's what the show's needs. So let's figure out a way to do it. And that's, you know, the challenge and the fun and sometimes the stress of like, okay, let's just make it happen. You know, we'll figure it out. What is something that you anticipated or what what is something that you may have wanted from yourself as a music coordinator, having been, uh, having been in the pit before? You know, what is something that you look for uh, yeah. in a music coordinator that you wanted to then employ as a music coordinator? That's a great question. To me, music is very important. So musical skill is very important. But another thing that I strongly uh, believe in is, is you know, doing good work, being professional, um, and holding our behaviors and uh, to a higher standard. And so, you know, I was am usually still like one of the only women in the pit and one of the only women in the read section. And so I, although I have a tough skin, uh, at a certain point I started realizing like, I need to step up and say to people like, no, and not because I don't want to hear you say something like that in a pit, but because the 20 year old who wants to be like me someday, I'm setting her up for failure by not addressing these problems and just going along with it. And it's a different world right now. So one of the things that I really wanted for myself is to never have any musician feel the way that I have felt sometimes in pits. And, but that, that's not to say like I've got my whole career, like there have been moments, you know? Um, but I, for me, I really wanted to make sure that everyone can go to work, do a good job, respect each other and move on. You don't have to be best friends, but you also, you know, need to treat everyone well. You know, I, I have to hold myself to the same, you know, we all make mistakes and they also, you know, you need to leave room for mistakes, but, you know, we can try to make it better. We can try to make people feel more welcome. Um, and hopefully, you know, we can continue to do that. But as again, as I said before, I'm still, people need to pay dues. People need to do the hard work. But I, you know, that access for me is really important in that I'm willing to take time and help somebody, train somebody, mentor somebody, you know, jump on the phone. Um, I'm part of Muse has a mentoring program right now. So I'm part of Muse's mentoring program. And there's a woodwind doubler. Uh, we were just talking today because he wanted my advice on something. He's a great guy. We met a few weeks ago and we just talked, you know, he's like going on tour with a show and he you know, he's doing all the right things. He just needs a little help and advice and, you know, and I'm happy to do it because that's how we grow as musicians. We've always apprenticed. I mean, even, even somebody like Mozart, like they apprentice, they learned the business from someone who had done it before and showed them the way. That's what we do. And so when we get away from that, we're kind of destroying the lineage of our, of our tradition. So I'm wondering, how is Six different from any of the other projects that you've worked on uh, as music coordinator? 
Well, uh, it's the only Broadway show so far, although I have another one coming up. So I'm still very, in the scheme of things, I'm still very new at coordinating. So I've done a lot of one-off things, some, a lot of streaming things and some, you know, like galas and, and a few off-Broadway shows. And I'm currently working on another off-Broadway show that's also coming in in March called The Suffragists. That is announced, The Suffragists. Shana Taub's new musical, uh, Andrew Grody's the MD. I've been working on that for a while. Oh, we did get sidetracked because I tend to blab. Sorry. Just ask Georgia Stitch. She knows. Um, but one thing that I do in the pre-production part of my job is look at talent and look at options. So when you were asking before how I work with the other people, if the supervisor or the, you know, whoever wants to be involved in, okay, it's time to pick a band. Some people are very hands-off. They're like, just get me a band. You know, we need seven people. These are the chairs. This is what I'm looking for. You know, make a list. That's fine. Some people are like, I want you to hire this person, this person, this person, but I don't know anyone for this chair. And some people want it to be a real collaborative process. So, you know, there's phone calls and, uh, you know, like Google Docs and links to bios and, and all kinds of stuff. And and who's generally in, in the room with you or who's having those conversations with you? Is it really, is it including the producer as well as everyone on the music department? The producer rarely gets involved with personnel. They would be the high, like coordinator. They would want to say and who the in-house coordinator was. Uh, they would probably want, you know, obviously they get to hire supervisors, orchestrators, all that. But when it comes down to just the band, unless there's someone that they have had a problem with on one of their productions or something like that, I think that they defer to the music team. Um, you know, but the, that's definitely changed in the industry. And I do know that, um, you know, back, way back in the day, um, music coordinators could just be like, I'll get your band. And they would, this is your band. Uh, nowadays, the music coordinators, um, they do exactly what they're asked to do. And it's, but I think it's cool because it brings in more different, you know, it gives more access and different access instead of, ah, these are my guys. I always call my guys, you know, so it's, I, I get, I get both sides of it. Cause like for people that loyally hire me over the years, like I understand wanting to be loyal to good workers, but How's a new person supposed to break in? How, I mean, especially since looking at six, you know, having been gotten so, or having gotten so far to, to the finish line, if you will, um, before everything shut down, what are you doing now, especially since all the announcements have been made, hopefully that we're able to, you know, move forward with all of those intended dates, of course, but what are, what are you doing now to prepare for the opening in a few weeks, a few months? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Back and forth with the supervisor, lot with the production stage manager and the and the general manager who works with the, under the producers. Um, you know, I'm really lucky that uh, John Gendron and Susie Brandt, um, John's a GM and uh, I believe Susie's associate GM. Uh, they're fabulous. They're really good to work for, and they. Um, they also understand that, you know, this is my first Broadway show. So they have been very cool. You know, I'm also the kind of person that I, I won't BS. Like I either know something or I don't. And if I don't, I'll just say, Hey, 
give me a, let me, give me a day to figure it out. Uh, let me, I'll go talk to somebody. So they've been very patient and, uh, I, I'm probably being harder on myself than I need to be, but you know, there will be mistakes and it's fine. We all make mistakes. Um, so, but they they work for Kevin and, and they're fantastic and a really great bunch. I think it's so interesting that company managers generate payroll for the actors, but then you're generating payroll for the musicians. And right. so um, then it, it goes, it goes to the house manager mm-hmm. because, and then and it goes in the, I, that goes through the same thing. The musicians get paid by the theater owners. Oh, so the payroll goes to the house manager so when I get a check for Tina, it's the Nederlanders. Hmm. Yeah. It's not Tina. Yeah. Mary, I think it's time for our lightning round. Yeah, let's Uh-oh. do it. <laughs> no, I know. We're going to rename it. We're going to rename it for the next it. series because we've been calling it lightning round and we get that response every, every time. Every it's, single it's time. Really, we're not timing. Mary, you want to kick us off? Yes. Um, what is one thing in the theater industry that confuses you? Traditions, some traditions, because like, you know, most rules, things are, it, it's the history of it. You'll look in a contract and you'll be like, well, that's odd. Why do they, you know, why is this in the contract? And there's always a good story as to why. Well, because at Phantom, somebody, so-and-so did this. And so now we have a rule for it. What are three adjectives that describe your ideal working environment? Fun, professional, respectful. I know we're not going to respond, but I will just say I'm pretty sure, I'm like 95% sure that everyone that we've talked to from six has included fun in this. <laughs> yeah. Just a little tidbit. I'll have to, yeah. I'll have to like pull the audio, clip it yeah. together. Is there something in your process that you find unique to you? For hobbies, I am a do-it-yourself you know, like do home improvement projects. So I am sort of in my process, I, and I joke around with friends that I'm the contracting contractor and I'm the only contracting contractor. So I can redo your kitchen for you while hiring you a band and running payroll. And I believe I'm the only music coordinator who can do that. I'll stand by that. Bring it on everybody else. <laughs> Our next question was, what is one hobby that you have outside of the theater? So... That would be it. And also my love of the Buffalo Bills, which is more of a lifestyle, I think, not a hobby. (laughs) Uh, um, What is one job in the theater industry that you would trade jobs with for one week? Definitely crew, carpenters or something. You know, I'd love to. I've already made friends with the head carpenter at the Tina show. Terry, he's great. Do you have any books or resources that you find helpful to you in your process? Um, the, I live with, it's funny you should say that because I have an earmarked copy right now, hot off the presses from six years ago. Um, this is the 802 Collective Bargaining Agreement. This is literally the entire Broadway contract between the League of Producers, Disney, and Local 802. That is the Bible because most of the answers are there. Yeah, it really is. And I, I have it on my computer, on my iPad. I have it, you know, in paper copies. I have one in my locker. I have one on my desk and I spread them around. It's fine. A little light reading. <laughs> a, little, yeah. a little train, you know, just yeah. each read. Yeah. There you go. Um, okay, cool. So our last question is, 
what's your favorite part of the development process of a new show? I'm going to answer it as a player and then I'm going to answer it as a coordinator because I think those are two different things. So as a player, normally I get in the room when the score is completed because like I'm not a composer or an arranger. So people have been working on it. They've been working on the story. They've been working on, you know, writing the songs and the lyrics and putting it all together. And that very first day after, you know, because usually the band rehearses first for a few days and then there's a zitz probe. And that's the moment where the full orchestrations are played and these singers who have been rehearsing to just a piano and everybody just goes, oh, wow. Because it's just like you can feel it. And, you know, it's that one moment where everyone's just shocked. Like, oh, this, oh I never knew it could be this, you know? And that to me is amazing. I think as a coordinator, while I enjoy all those moments, I feel like once the band is like, okay, opening night, it's like, we made it. Oh, good. We're going to continue. Everything's great and things are working and we can just get down to business now. Go through all the tough stuff, you know? Amazing. Yeah. So I'm going to link to um, Maestra on our, um, on our show notes. We'll include it on our social, but are there other, other places um, that you want to shout out that our listeners can find you on social? Um, um, I mean, I have, I have my own, which I'm happy to send you guys like my Twitter and, and uh, Facebook and cool. I, I ditched my MySpace, uh, <laughs> Insta, whatever the kids, I have a, I have a 17 year old daughter. She's like, Oh my God, you're, it's not funny. Don't like nobody Facebooks. I'm like, yeah, we do. We do it proudly. You know what? <laughs> even the 20 year olds do. do. Right? <laughs> I, I don't even think I had a MySpace, but it's okay. I truly think that like my age, I just turned 25 and mm-hmm. I, I think that my age is like that last group that may still use face, the last Facebook. Hold out. We're holding out for Facebook and yeah. some people are like on the fence and they're like, you still use that? You sent me a message. Thank you so much for coming yeah, on here though. I, I absolutely loved hearing you speak about a role that really, when I woke up this morning, I knew nothing about. <laughs> I had to ask. I had to ask my fiance. I go, Stan. What is a music coordinator? And like, tell me the ones that you've worked with in the past. Like, what they do. Yeah. So I'm really, yes. really happy that we got you we on here to talk about things. this. Well, I'm, I'm so appreciative that you guys asked. Thank you. This, this was yeah. this was great. I'm very excited for for theater to come back. Obviously, and for a great great finale to our six series. Oh yeah. Yes. Cool. I'm so excited. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Page to Stage. To keep up with us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Page to Stage Podcast. If you enjoyed this conversation, we have other episodes with theater makers from Six the Musical. Check them out. Until next time. That's Brian. That's Mary. We'll see you later. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.